Hello and welcome to episode one of Comfortably Unconventional. I am your host, Lena Caroline. If you happen to stumble upon my little podcast or my little my little podcast videos, thank you. I appreciate it if you give me a listen or a watch. Um, honestly, I'm I'm just a very very small creator um, from a very small town that nobody really even knows about. But what can I say? I I, I have some things to say. I already know that this chair is going to be way too squeaky and it's going to have to go. It's going to have to get swapped out if I'm going to continue to do this. This isn't going to work for me. But yeah, basically I thought, why not just dip my toes into a already oversaturated pool of podcasts and try my hand at it? I have things to say. I feel like, I feel like everyone has something they want to say and um, this is a place where I want to say it. Um, I I feel like I view myself as kind of a unconventional un, I haven't been able to say that all evening. Unconventional person. I think I have some unconventional ideas. Maybe a lot of people feel that way about themselves. I don't know. I definitely feel that way about myself. I feel like some of my opinions and some of my ideas kind of like go with what, you know, maybe you see like people talking about on social media a lot. Um, And then I feel like some of my ideas and opinions might challenge that a little bit. Um... I'm obviously not really for being hateful or um, prejudiced or, you know, and I don't like um, stigmas towards certain groups of people or certain types of people or anything like that, but I don't know. I guess you'll, you'll you'll find out a lot about my unconventional ideas as... This podcast continues on, but um, to get the show on the road, this first episode, I wanted to talk about happiness Um, because this has been a really big topic for me in my personal life, actually, lately. Um, To give you a little background, like many people in their 20s nowadays, I have a plethora of (laughs) mental health struggles. I don't think that's uncommon, unfortunately, nowadays. I think just the sheer awareness for mental health in our time has just brought forward a lot more openness about it and a lot more people are talking about it now, um, which is a good thing, I think. I know some people aren't like this. I I like to sometimes have like a label for things that are going on with me. I like to know what's happening. Um, Whether that's just because of an aspect of like needing control, I I don't know. But I I like to know what's going on. I like a name for for what I'm dealing with. Um, Which I've got quite a few names 
on my list of things I'm doing with. But so uh, I've been I've been thinking about happiness a lot. I've been talking with a lot of people about happiness and what what that means to them, and you know, I just like pondering it a lot because, um, like I said, I I've had I have mental health struggles and. Um, basically a couple months ago I probably came out of one of the probably worst depressive episodes I've ever had in my life I mean you don't I feel like you don't really fully grasp it until it like actually happens to you and I don't mean that in like a non-inclusive way I just mean that as in like there is being sad and like you do have depression like depression struggles and then it's when you like finally hit that one like stage like I feel, I almost feel like there's there's levels to it kind of because like I had definitely struggled with depression in the past I definitely had just you know depressive episodes but this one this was literally like This was like Bella Swan and New Moon staring out the window for like four months level depressive. Ep- like, I could I can say that I scarcely got out of bed for at least a couple months. Like it was bad. I was not a functioning human being. I was I was going through it. Um, you know, for a little background, I. I have worked in healthcare since I was 18. I literally was just one of those teenagers that when I hit 16, I became very independent. I started working a lot. I started paying for all my own stuff. Um, That was very opposite of how my sister was. I don't know. You know, I could I could go down a whole rabbit trail with why that was going on, but yeah, I was very opposite of my sister in that aspect. I wanted to pay for all my own stuff, and I knew to have money I had to work, so I started working. Um, I would say that I was raised to have a very very strong work ethic. My my parents both pushed me really hard but my mom especially pushed me and my sister very hard very tough on us very much of a tough love type of woman you know Uh, we grew up on a farm so we were doing like hard physical labor starting from a very very young age and we were taught that having a work ethic is one of the utmost like best qualities you can have if you don't have work ethic you're nothing you're trash that's how I was raised um so you know there were there wasn't really any discussion of like mental health or you know taking breaks or understanding burnout or under you know understanding of overworking um so (laughs) I turned 18 uh, I already had my my license. Uh, I was a certified nursing assistant. Started working at a long-term care facility in my hometown. 
my hometown of like a thousand people. Um, I was going to college, so I I didn't work there for like two years straight, but I worked there. I you know I I was an employee there for two years, basically just kind of like working sometimes like during my breaks some weekends while I was going to school and then, you know, just solid working in the summer times. You know, it was my first pretty good paying job. I really liked it. Um, you know, I, I didn't call into work. I, I got like, I, it wasn't COVID. It was getting around that time though and I got like really sick and I had to call in for a couple of days. But that was it. Over a span of two years, I, you know, I didn't call in. And all was well. <laughs> and then I, that, that place actually ended up closing down. Or at least the department that I worked in closed down. So I ended up moving, kind of somewhat moving to the town where I was going to college. And then I... I basically just ended up dropping out. <laughs> I was going through a lot of uh, mental health issues. Mix that with hanging around like not the best people for me. Definitely not, definitely not uplifting people um, for me at that time. And you know, I was in a really tough place. I probably wasn't really attracting the best people making the decisions that I was making at that time. Uh, but yeah, eventually I ended up dropping out. And then I tried to go back. And then I dropped out again. Uh, so I was like, alright, college. College is not working too well. There was my first failure. Like, my first real kick in the teeth. You know, if you've... If you grew up in, a in like, a family like mine, you can kind of relate to that. Where, you know, you grow up, you're... Especially in my life, like, I was, I was very extroverted in high school. I was very, um... I don't know, like, I was student council president, and, like, I was in robotics and basketball and band and choir and I was treasurer for the honor society and I was on the memorial committee like like <laughs> I, I absolutely refused to accept I peaked in high school but like I really thought I was that bitch in high school like I I was doing my thing I was busy and I was doing well I graduated fifth or fourth in my class with like a 3.8 GPA like I thought I was ready and then it was like I went to college and just everything like just went to shit and I had this idea of who I was gonna be and I was gonna like be a nurse and like do all this stuff and that wasn't uh that wasn't life's plan for me not at that time anyway um, I ended up trying to, like, switch my majors, like, probably three, four times. Nothing, just nothing sounded appealing to me. I'd always wanted to work in the medical field. I thought nursing was my, like, destined path in life. 
like this is what I was made to do type thing and um it was really devastating when that didn't like quite work out for me I saw you know I had met eventually ended up meeting my current boyfriend and Um, I, you know, he graduated with his associates and we decided at, at this point in time to get an apartment together and I, I went back to work. I went to work at a little long-term care facility in the town where I was living and, uh, if you work in healthcare, like if you're a CNA, I just want to put this out there. Not to get too sidetracked here, but I just want to say you are underappreciated, but so, so, so essential. So essential, so mistreated at so many places. And it's really unfortunate. Um, I, you know, I get it because it, it happened. It happened to me. I was working like nutso hours, <laughs> getting mandated all the time, working 16 hour shifts, um, and, and you know, just to the point where I, I, I burnt, I burnt out. Um, this was another kick in the teeth for me because I was like, you know, I kind of picked myself a little bit, you know, picked myself up a little bit after that whole college not working out thing and I was like you know I I'm just meant to be like a CNA for a while I'm just gonna work I'm just gonna work and it, it's gonna be fine like who needs school like not everyone's made to get a college degree blah 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 then I experienced that workplace that was just like absolutely awful and I was being worked like a dog and very very much mistreated um <laughs> I could go on a whole tangent about healthcare horror stories, but to kind of keep it short and simple, I, I just ended up like completely crashing and I had to quit. I couldn't stay there. I stayed for like six months, I think. I started calling in a lot. I, this is when I actually really started to like experience anxiety, like, you know, really experience anxiety, I think for like the first time um, as far as just like having it so badly that like I actually you know was like throwing up and like getting physically sick um, and it was you know it was starting to affect me being able to show up to that workplace this was after me being there for a while so I think I tried to withstand it as much as my body and mind would allow and then it got to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, I left. I kind of tried doing a couple more jobs. Um, I either, you know, I just, I was miserable at the, <laughs> at the other jobs I tried to do. Um, just wasn't working. It wasn't working out for me and uh, I ended up moving. I ended up moving to a different state. You know, I was, I, 
the apartment that me and my boyfriend were living in it was like a little studio apartment at the time it was it was really nice for one person like perfect for one person I didn't have a ton of stuff but just trying to like mesh our lives together um in that tiny little apartment that honestly <laughs> this is just my opinion <laughs> it probably wasn't the safest building to be living in uh, we we had our share of issues in there. Um, I'm trying to remember, I don't even think my oven worked the whole time I lived there. To be honest, it was. I repainted it. I cleaned it. Um, I tried my best, and I I made I made it look cute. You know, it was a vibe after some work, but it it just wasn't it. Um, so we decided to move. Um, my boyfriend was kind of able to get in at a really good job in a different state. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to school here. You have your degree. There's nothing keeping us in this little, like, shitty town. Like, where we were moving to, a very centrally located area. Um, right by some like bigger cities I like had lived out in the sticks my whole life like I always wanted to kind of live by uh you know not only live in a little bigger area um but just like be a little closer to some cities because um I like to go out I like to shop like I I like to explore I like bookstores like you know all these things that I wanted to have access to I never really did growing up um so that was really exciting for me. I was like, this is it. Like, this is going to be my fresh new start. <laughs> this is going to be my fresh new start. I'm literally going to be a new person. Like, I'm literally going to recreate myself. I'm going to move to this new state, this new city. No one's going to know who I am. And I'm like, recreate myself, be the best version of me. And like, I'm going to make all these friends. And it's going to be like, it's going to be great. I'm going to get a great job. You know, I had, like, really high hopes. And then, um, I did get a job. <laughs> uh, it was a really bad experience again. And I just ended up in that place again where I was like, I am miserable going to work. Every single day I did not want to go to work. Every single day I did not look forward to being around my coworkers. Um, I just didn't get along with them. I could go almost entire shifts without talking sometimes, you know, I ended up, <laughs> I ended up in the emergency room at a certain point in time. Um, they were talking about like shipping me out to a different hospital. So, um, I was scheduled to work that night. And I was like, you know, I, I have to call in. I don't know what's going on. I might be, like, admitted, like, or shipped out somewhere else. Um, just had, like, some health issues going on. And I, you know, called to let them know. And basically just for, like, being in the hospital and stuff, they just were like, yeah. 
we actually just like don't want you to work here anymore <laughs> I mean like they weren't like I had mixed feelings about it because honestly it, it could have been worse but I just feel like the whole like situation was just like so I don't know like shitty of them to do that like in that situation I'm like hey like I'm in the ER they're talking about like shipping me out to a bigger hospital or like admitting me I don't know what's going on I'm already freaking out I was crying I was having anxiety Golly's fucking leads hooked up to me and scared for my life <laughs> it wasn't I don't it was well I don't know I was gonna say it's not that serious but it was for me at the time um, and basically I, I honestly think that it came down to the fact that they just wanted to make sure that they didn't have to like uh, pay me anything if I had to be on like medical leave um, and you know, I was I, I live in an at-will employment state now. If you're not familiar, that means that within you you when you get hired, you have a 90-day orientation period, and within that 90-day orientation period, your employer can fire you for any undisclosed reason. They do not have to tell you why. They don't have to legally give you a reason and you legally can't fight them for it. You know, they can just like not like you one day and fire you for it. Doesn't matter. Until you're over that 90 day orientation period, um, you know, your SOL, if they want to fire you. So I was... I swear to God, I think I was on like my 87th day or something ridiculous like that. And they were like, yeah, you know, like we're just, you know, it's too chaotic right now. Like maybe you should just like reapply when you feel better. That's basically what they said to me. That was the first time in my life that I'd ever been, you know, excuse me, technically fired. Which, you know, and just, like, kind of rounding back to growing up in that environment where, you know, if you don't have a work ethic, if you don't have a good working reputation, you don't have anything. You are not, you, you are lower than a human being if you don't have that working reputation. Um, so I, I think that kind of just, like, it felt like it broke me. Because, you know, I just, I got done with that whole, whole ordeal. I had no job. No plans. It's in the middle of winter. This was like a few days after my birthday. And I just like... Fell into this deep depression. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, so, months go by, and, you know, my 
sweet and kind boyfriend is financially supporting the two of us. And I'm just kind of like doing nothing. It's that kind of depression where you like, you don't even want to shower. Like, it's a chore to get up and go use the toilet. Like, that kind of depression. And I can't say I had experienced that before. I was like, okay. Wow. Like, maybe drinking, and I wish I was exaggerating, maybe drinking eight ounces of water in a three-day period. I would eat when my boyfriend brought me food. It's it's the ugly part of depression I feel like people don't like to talk about. I feel like you don't even see it a lot on social media, even on like TikTok. I don't often see people talking about the intensity of that. Like I remember I remember waking up and just you know, just like wishing that I, you know, I'm not, it sounds so bad to say, and I feel so bad almost saying it now. I guess a little trigger warning, because this is very deep and depressing, but, um, like, I was like, man, I could just, like, rot here. I could rot right here in my bed. I'd be okay with that. That's how it felt. I had no goals. I had no aspirations. I gave up. But, that being said, I feel like it's safe to say that at some point you're going to hit a low. You know, I, I hope that not everyone has to hit a low like that. But I feel like at some point you hit a low. Um, I feel like also that maybe in your 20s it's just kind of a a timeline of failures and learning from them. You know, so is your teenage years, but your teenage years, it's almost like you have like a soft landing pad. And then when you hit your, like your 20s or like when you move out and you like start being an adult and you, you know, you don't have parents or teachers or, um, you know, people like that, like mentors in your life, like creating a soft landing pad and being, you know, they're the ones, they're the mediators. They're like, you know, you shouldn't do that. And that, that this is why. And like, you should learn from your mistake. And you're like rolling your eyes. You're like, yeah, whatever. And then you like hit your 20s and there's the, the soft landing pad is gone. When you hit rock bottom, you, you're smacking into the rocks full force. Like, life really kicks you in the ass. <laughs> um, and I, I think, you know, like, you, it's, everyone goes through it, I think. Most people. But I did come out of that really low point. I'm doing better now, thankfully. Um, part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is so that I could kind of like, you know, share 
ideas and struggles with people and maybe connect with people that experience similar things or have ideas that challenge what I talk about maybe but like you know also to like keep track of myself hold myself accountable a little bit because I feel better now like I feel like I've actually started being happy again I've started like I don't know enjoying life and like having interests again because that's another part about like going into those deep deep depressive episodes is like everything that you once loved that brought you intense joy you know whether it's music art um anything reading gardening movies you just like you nothing everything is lackluster um you don't feel excitement anymore you feel like a shell it's terrible and slowly i started to pick myself up you know and it started slow so i i want you to know that if you're going through a depressive episode or you're just in a really low point like that right now take it one day at a time try not to put yourself in this spiral that i seem to put myself into when i was going through it where i'm like you know the the house is cluttered the floor needs to be vacuumed the laundry needs to be done the dishes are filling up the sink i don't have a job i don't have a college degree just like going through the list of all the things that i felt like i was failing at and going through the list of all the things that i felt like i was failing at made me only want to do one thing and it was to stay in bed because <laughs> all i did was make myself feel like shit It doesn't help for you to do that. It doesn't help for you to compile everything that's making you feel worse into just like this, you know, this one, I don't know, this one big thing and just let it suffocate you. Fortunately, I, you know, I started working with a therapist, um, and she's so awesome. She really is. She's helped me so much. And, like, her first advice for me was not, like, it wasn't to look at this, like, big picture of everything that I was just, I felt like I wasn't doing correctly or I was failing at or whatever. Her advice to me was to do one thing. Just take that first baby step. Get up, brush your teeth. You can go lay back down. Um, set a timer for yourself even if it's a couple hours a couple hours when that timer goes off get up, take a shower go sit back down if you have to and that's how I started and it sounds so small and meaningless but <laughs> when you're in a state like that Everything is this tumultuous task that feels impossible. It feels like you'll, you'll never be able to do it. Like, it feels like you'll never be normal again. Or, like, functioning again. So that's how I started. And 
I was very fortunate because I had my boyfriend and my best friend. And my boyfriend was actually, he was so understanding and gentle when I was going through this this time where I, I just felt so fragile and just shattered and broken. So he was kind of there like giving me the soft comfort that I needed in that time. And he was very patient. You know, he didn't push too much. And then I had my best friend and she would, we, we were at a point at one time when I was like bad like this, where we were FaceTiming, we started FaceTiming every morning. And you know, she's she's got some like similar struggles to me or as me. And um, we just started like talking to each other and like we would just like hold each other accountable with stuff. So she'd be like, man, like I really, it's really time for me to do some dishes. I'd be like, ah, I really need to do some laundry or I really need to mop and we would stay on FaceTime with each other and we would just like do chores together and because we were just like talking about whatever it made it easier and then I noticed that like just starting to do like these little things just like these little baby steps these were achievements this was one step better than where I was before and the next week I take another step better and then another step better. And then eventually I, I had, you know, my boyfriend starting to help me out too, where he was starting to be, he's always starting to like, <laughs> I don't know, come alive a little bit again. And then he started to just kind of like gently push me in that direction a little bit more. Just saying, you know, why don't we just like get a gym membership? At that time, like I said, I literally was in bed for months and I grew up obviously being a very active person. I stayed in like generally like pretty good shape, right? Um, I've never been a petite lady. <laughs> it's just like not how I'm built, but um, I was in like decent shape and I from the mix of being very stagnant and medications um i put on some weight made me feel really bad about myself uh not so much because of my size you know i think i think that you're allowed to be confident in yourself no matter what size you are you know you're you're beautiful no matter what as long as you are being healthy and taking care of yourself and loving yourself as you are I, I think that's fine and that's great but I didn't love myself like that and I was being very unhealthy um, and it was like it was really starting to affect me so he just suggested that maybe we start going to the gym. Now, I've always wanted to be a gym girly. <laughs> I've never really been much of a gym girly, um, but 
just kind of slowly we started going we got a membership at this really nice gym and you know I had a lot of anxiety about going into the gym because I like I didn't know what I was doing I was like I'm gonna go in there everyone's gonna be looking at me funny because I don't know what I'm doing but um, I went in and I just like honestly um, TikTok does have some good workouts but I really Pinterest Pinterest has some really good workouts and I just like started doing a bunch of research on it and I started lifting weights and I will tell you this transformed me because I just like I I love it right now we've been going steady for I think maybe a few months and I just like fell in love with it for a bunch of different reasons I mean it very quickly became not so much about my body anymore like yes I wanted to be more healthy and that's what got me going but it wasn't about me like oh like I need to be like toned to have a flat stomach and like be skinny it became a lot about like wow when I do this and I'm like really feeling like shit or I feel angry or I feel alone or I feel like I'm hurting or I feel I feel depressed and <laughs> I'm like playing my depressing music and I'm lifting those weights and pushing myself it is like I'm physically releasing those emotions that I'm having in a way that is not unhealthy and that was very transformative for me it is very transformative for me so what this started to kind of make me realize being where I am now and, and trying to work on myself and do it in a way that's sustainable so that I'm not falling back into these cycles and I'm you know not letting myself like completely backslide to where I was I had this like realization and it's about happiness I feel like happiness is like kind of a hard concept to grasp what it actually means what it takes you know it's one of those things that you just you aren't taught But my kind of realization was that, well, honestly, I can't really take full credit for this because I do feel like my boyfriend has been preaching this to me for a little while now, but it just kind of clicked in my head that happiness and comfort are not the same things. Happiness and comfort are not the same things. That's crazy. Because you would think that they would be, you know, connected to each other. But I was thinking about it, and I, you know, when I was at this low, very low point in my life, um, I was comfortable laying in bed. I was comfortable 
doing nothing. I was comfortable not working a job, not having a career, not having goals, not having aspirations. But I was not happy. I was no longer pushing myself. Because pushing myself made me uncomfortable. This also clicked with me in a conversation that I was having with my therapist quite recently because we were talking about... Oh, a little bug just flew by if you're watching on YouTube, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, but me, me and my therapist were just having this conversation recently where we, we were talking about how... I have a history for very tumultuous, toxic relationships. I've always been in love with the idea of love. I've always chased being loved and, you know, I'm huge fan of reading here. <laughs> huge fan of reading, huge fan of romance. I was the weirdo 14 year old reading Wattpad and Tumblr stories like that was me. I loved passion and romance and I was searching for it always. I really did want my knight in shining armor. Um, and unfortunately that ended up kind of leading me into like these very unhealthy relationships <laughs> where you know if you've been in a toxic relationship before you understand that even though you are absolutely terrible for each other or you know even if you are with a narcissist or someone that's abusive there's that element of passion there because the lows are so low and terrible but the highs are high. And we were discussing that and I was like, you know, I'm in this healthy relationship now. I was like, it's not this up and down roller coaster ride of emotions all the time and we don't have these super high highs and we don't have these super low lows. It just feels normal, you know. There is a little bit of, you know, we get annoyed with each other and but you know, it wasn't, we, we don't have the element of like screaming and like having these huge meltdowns and then having like this passionate makeup sex, you know, it's just not, <laughs> it is definitely not how my boyfriend is wired. I'm not accustomed to that. And I told my therapist that I feel like I'm, I'm trying to make issues. I feel like I'm, I'm looking for that element of like intense passion. And she said to me, she said, um, that, you know, as people with like addictive personality types and just people like me that aren't really accustomed to receiving love and comfort, we have this tendency to be comfortable with chaos and find it easier to accept abuse 
than to accept love. And just being conditioned from all these relationships I've had my entire life, being in a healthy relationship is fucking uncomfortable. I'm just going to say it. I don't think it makes me a bad person to feel like that. I think a lot of people do experience that after being in toxic or abusive relationships. It is so uncomfortable. Not just because you're not used to being treated well and you just, you know, you're in fight and flight all the time and you're defensive and you have trouble trusting someone and you have trouble being vulnerable. It's not even all of that. Or it's not even just that I feel like it's I don't know not being able to accept good and just like how like being conditioned to like feel all these certain things and like be this certain way and past relationships you just um it is uncomfortable to be healthy and to be loved. And it is uncomfortable because you experience those situations and a lot of times, I feel like if you're especially a victim of an abusive relationship, um, there is so much happening to you that you're not even thinking about like what you're doing or where you're at mentally or emotionally or like how you're reacting or like your your emotional regulation because you're like putting all your energy into like walking on eggshells around that person like everything is about their emotional regulation and nothing to do with yours and then you get into a healthy relationship after all that and you're like oh I have to be held accountable now I have to regulate my emotions now. You know, I also don't have an excuse to scream or to yell or to explode because here's this person, here's my healthy partner, and they're talking to me and treating me like a human being, so I have to be one back. And you just, like, don't know how to function. That's been very much my experience with it, but... You know, it's, it, it, it just all ties together for me that being happy is just, it is uncomfortable. It's not easy. You don't just, like, grow up and have, like, happiness handed to you in a little box and that's it. It's not this just tangible thing either. I think that's what makes it so confusing is I think in our minds we just like tie happiness to all these materialistic things. And I've thought this too. I'm like, man, if I, if I had money, if I had a million dollars, I'd be so much happier. If I had a house, I'd be happy. If I had a nice car, I'd be happy. If I was a famous musician, I'd be happy. If I was a doctor but you you meet people with those lifestyles you want and I'm not talking about what's portrayed on social media because that's a whole nother story everybody's always portraying their best 
best versions of themselves on social media and all of that. But I, I mean like actually in their personal lives. They're having the same struggles as anybody else. They're still searching for happiness too. You know, it's very interesting. You know, I, I don't think I'm far enough along in my journey to say I've, I've achieved total happiness or, you know, peace. <laughs> I'm still wrestling with a lot. But, you know, we have to give ourselves credit, too. Because I sometimes feel sad about the fact that I maybe haven't achieved that or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm in my early 20s. And I am already doing leagues better than I was three months ago. And I've learned so much from what I've gone through compared to four years ago or ten years ago. You know, I think at the end of the day, happiness is just like, it is a battle, but it is worth fighting. And, you know, you just have to keep fighting to achieve it. Try not to, um, <laughs> try not to self-sabotage. If you've gone through toxic relationships or just been, like, mistreated in your life or anything like that, like, sometimes when good things come to you, you just, like, want to push it away right away. You don't even think, like, you don't even value yourself enough where you think you deserve it. You do deserve it. Be uncomfortable. Step outside of your boundaries. I got into this mindset a few months ago where I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm just not a social person. I'm not, I just, I'm not a bubbly person. I'm not, I'm just not. I have to like, I don't know. I have to like drink to like make friends with people or be able to make friends when I go out. That's bullshit. Confining myself into a box and telling myself this is who I am and that it's just how I'm wired I can't change it. it it's it's so It's so minimizing for yourself as a person Don't do that We we as human beings the beautiful thing about being a human being is uh, we We can mold ourselves we can learn new things all the time. We're constantly learning. You know, and I was like, I'd accept the fact that like at one point in time, I was a very bubbly person. I was a very social person. I loved talking to people. I was known to be social. 
I kind of like had this almost like miserable attitude and I was like oh, why don't people want to be friends with pe- me why don't people want to like talk to me because you got that RBF <laughs> all the time <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a nice person I, I guess I don't know I feel like there's like this big push for like this whole like dark feminine energy dark alpha energy how to manipulate someone like come on you know be smart be on alert don't let people run over the top of you don't let people take advantage of you don't do that stuff be aware be observant but you can still be a nice person you can still be a bubbly person. It's okay to have that softness to you. Or maybe softness isn't the right word, but like a kindness to you. It doesn't make you weak. If anything, I feel like the strongest people are the kind ones. Because you don't let the things that have happened to you or the world turn you into this person that is just, you know, very unhappy and doesn't have a good energy to them anymore I feel like that happens to so many people I feel like it started happening to me I I think I'm still working through that you know I was always very much an optimist and I kind of started turning into a pessimist and it was not a good thing Obviously, I feel like I could talk about this topic for five hours, but I think with all of that being said, that I would like to conclude this very first episode of Comfortably Unconventional. Oh my god, if I mispronounce that one more time, <laughs> I would like to thank you for listening to the first episode of Comfortably Unconventional. I'm your host, Lena Caroline, and I will see you next time.